Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Brennan Ward. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Today, I will be joined by Greg Gilbert to talk about pastors and the gospel. Greg Gilbert is the senior pastor of Third Avenue Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. He has authored several books, including What is the Gospel, Who is Jesus, and Assured, Discover Grace, Let Go of Guilt, and Rest in Your Salvation. This episode was recorded over Zoom, so the quality may be a little different from what you're used to, but it will in no way impact the conversation. So sit back. Relax and enjoy another episode of Pastor Matters. Uh, Greg, thank you so much, brother, for just taking time out just to have this conversation today on pastors and the gospel. I'm really looking forward to our discussion. Yeah, me too, Brandon. Thanks for having me. It's good to good to be here with you. So in 2010, you wrote a book entitled What is the Gospel for Nine Marks? Uh, I just wanted to ask, uh, first off, just what was that process like uh, and what what made you want to tackle that question? Uh, well, what made me want to tackle it was that I was employed by Nine Marks and they told me to write that book. So that, <laughs> that's the main answer. Um, they were, uh, they, they, Nine Marks had, had uh, hatched this idea that they've since carried out over over the years of writing one book basically on each one of the the nine marks and so they decided to do the first one on on the gospel and ask me to to do it i think it's the fourth mark or something like that but at any rate um i was already doing some research on uh, a larger project that that i wanted to do i didn't didn't know if it was going to turn into a book at the time i you know it never i was just a young guy I didn't hadn't ever written any books or anything like that but was just doing some research on uh basically what became the book later that I did with Kevin DeYoung called what is the mission of the church where we're thinking about kingdom and gospel and shalom and you know what's what's the church supposed to be about in in the world and one of the things that that I had had realized was that the question what's the gospel is a huge question in that in, in determining the answer to the question what's the mission of the church and that among evangelicals there just didn't seem to be a whole lot of agreement on the question to begin with, right? What's the gospel? So I started looking at blogs and books and this and that, and it just became really clear really fast that if you ask a hundred evangelicals the question, what's the gospel, you're going to get 60 or 70 different answers. You know, some people will, will talk about the cross. Some people won't. Some people will mention the resurrection. Some won't. Some will say uh, it's, it's the gospel is about the salvation of sinners and other people will say it's about the uh, making the world a better place. So just massive disagreement, even among self-proclaimed evangelicals and uh, non-Marxist desire to have a, have a book on the gospel and my research about it and kind of frustration with not, with, with, with seeing that evangelicals weren't agreed on it uh, sort of created the, the spark that made me, made me dive into it. Well, it really is an, an excellent resource. Just the other day, I, I saw a pastor share a story kind of like what you're sharing about how he interacted with an individual who identified as a Christian and claimed to be you know, a member of a church uh, where they were regularly attending. And they got into this discussion about the gospel. 
Uh, and as he's listening to this individual talk about the gospel, he, he realized we're talking about two different things here. And he ended up kind of giving his own definition of the gospel and the individual was kind of taken back because ne- like they realized they didn't have an understanding of the gospel at all. In fact, they had even missed the sin aspect of the gospel. And so really my next question is, is should pastors just assume that there are a large portion or a small portion of their church that just doesn't have an idea of what the gospel really is? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, I think you have to assume that, especially if, if you're going into a a new church as the pastor, I I think you probably should assume right from the very beginning that you've got a, a ton of different definitions floating around out there. I mean, I've been at my, at my church as a senior pastor for 10 years, and I still assume that there are tons of people that if you ask them that question are, are going to get, uh, get some things confused or get some things wrong. And so I try in every sermon to catechize my people in, in what the gospel is. Uh, I've even tried to come up with a little, you know, one or two sentence summary of what the gospel is so that I, so that I can mm. teach them that week in and, and week out. So yeah, I don't think you can ever take it for for granted. Uh, uh, you always have to be pulling your people's minds back to the gospel and and driving it down into their hearts, or uh, it just gets washed out over time. So you mentioned we all kind of have these different definitions. There are certain things that, that one of us would include that that others probably wouldn't, even among people who are faithfully defining the gospel. So my, my question is, is what are the essential parts of a gospel presentation or conversation? So in other words, if, if someone happens to leave out justification by faith or leaves out maybe uh, the, the process of sanctification, have they shared the gospel? Have they faithfully shared the gospel with someone? Yeah, well, I mean, the case that I, that I try to make in the uh, what is the gospel book is that when you, when you look at the preaching of the early Christians, they, they just always organized their presentation of the euangelion, right? The, the gospel around, around four big issues. And it's basically, uh, who is God? Who are we? What's our problem? Uh, what has God done to solve that problem? And, and what do we do now in response to that, to that solution? So, you know, to, to whom are we accountable? We are accountable to God. What is our problem? It's our rebellion against that God. Uh, uh, what has God done to, to save us from that problem? He sent his son, Jesus, to, to die on the cross in our place, live, live the life we ought to have lived right from the very beginning, rise again from the grave um, so that we can be united to him by faith. And then what is the, what's the response that we're to give to that kind of proclamation? It, it is that we are to turn away from any other God, any other sin, that's repentance, and turn to uh, Jesus uh, as, our, as our savior. So, I mean, there's a, there, there's a lot of details that get packed into that, right? So you, mm-hmm. you want to talk about who Jesus is, both as, as the divine son of God, but also as the, the, the king of Israel. You want to talk about uh, exactly how Jesus uh, saves us, how the cross works, how the resurrection works in the mechanics of, of salvation. Uh, there's a lot you want to pack in there, but, but that's the basic framework that the early Christians just always used. There's a God, you're accountable to him. Uh, you've messed that up. God has acted in Christ to, to solve that problem. And now you need to repent of your sins and, and trust in him. So that, that seems to be the kind of like gateway, the, the wicked gate that leads to everything else uh, one needs to say uh, about the truth of, of, of who Jesus is and who we are and, 
and what he's done. But but that's the core of it, it seems like. Hmm. No, I think that's really helpful. One of the things that I hear from people a lot in their hesitancy to share the gospel is that they're fearful. They're fearful to have that conversation or they find it really hard to make these conversations happen naturally. Uh, so, and what are some ways that when we're having gospel conversations with others, what are ways that we make it harder than it actually is? Well, honestly, I think, I think one thing we do to make it harder than it is, is refer to gospel conversations, quote unquote, as somehow distinct from any other conversation, mm. uh, as if it's this special thing that you sort of have to, you know, make a decision to do at a particular moment. And it just raises the awkward meter off the charts, right? Because we think of it as we think of sharing the gospel people with people as, as sort of selling them something. It's like we're vacuum Mm -hmm. salesmen and we're looking for the moment to transition from small talk into our vacuum sales pitch. And it comes out as just so awkward. Like, you know, I know we've known each other for two years now, but there's something very dear to my heart that, that I want to have a conversation and it's so awkward. So, so we should stop doing that for one thing. And just like from minute one, anytime we're starting a new job or sitting next to somebody on a plane or ordering a hamburger or whatever, it it ought to just be a normal kind of thing that I'm a Christian. Therefore I talk about Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I often talk about it as just, you know, flopping God out onto the table, like, like a stinky fish. You know, as soon as you start getting to know somebody, just put it out there. My name, you know, my name is, hey, everybody, nice to meet you. I'm sitting next to you on this plane or whatever. My name is Greg. I live in Louisville, Kentucky. I do this for my job. And I'm a member of Third Avenue Baptist Church. I'm a Christian. Nice to meet you. Right. Just put it out there. And I think what you find is that, uh, you know, same thing, same thing with with other conversations. Hey, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, I went to church. You know, it was great. Uh, just throw it out there. And what you'll find is that people will, people will grab onto that invitation from you to talk about spiritual things way more often than you think they're going to. Some people will be put off by it, but that's them, right? That's on them. But more people than you think will take the invitation and jump on it. Oh, you're a member of a church, you know, oh, you're a pastor. Oh, you know, talk to me about that. Um, it works a lot more than you think it's going to. Yeah, absolutely. I remember being younger and uh, being with some guys and we were out passing bottles around, bottles of waters around at a, a place where runners were and it's kind of like a park. And I remember there was a guy who was with me and we were walking over to pray with a, a couple and we had to jump over this little spot that was wet and muddy. And I ended up getting my foot stuck right in the mud. And these are brand new Nikes. They're ruined. And he's like, hey, man, give me that shoe real quick. And he takes my shoe and he goes over to the couple. And he's like, I got bad news and good news. The bad news is the shoe's muddy, but I've got the good news of the gospel. And I remember looking at that and thinking, like, that's just not something I could do. And I remember that shaped a lot of the fear I had about sharing the gospel is I did have to, I felt like I did have to make a pitch. But I remember a, a mentor a few years later said exactly what you said, that this should be part of our conversations daily to where it's not uh, an unnatural thing to do, to bring up the fact that we, that we're, you know, you're a pastor or that you learned this in church or something like that. And uh, one of the things that he always did was he, he would 
ask anybody and everybody that, you know, not right up front, but as he's getting to know them, is there anything I can pray for you about? And that kind of always, that kind of segued into what, what we would say as a gospel conversation or what it, whatever, you know. And so that, that definitely very, very helpful. Yeah. And the, the thing is, that's it. What I'm saying to do there, I'm not asking folks to do anything hard. I'm asking you yeah. to do something that's easy and that actually lowers the pressure because you're just, you're basically just fishing, right? That's what you're doing. As you have conversations with people, uh, you're dropping little pieces of bait out there. I'm a Christian. I go to a church. I love Jesus. I, you know, this, 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 and this. Uh, and sometimes people will bite and then, and then it's not like trying to pry a door open to get those conversations going. Yeah. Uh, the door is opened for you by the other person and you, you walk through it. So I just, I just feel terrible for Christians who think that evangelism is always about busting down closed doors. It's not. Just, just go fishing yeah. and see what you get. And a lot of times, uh, even saying I'm a Christian and the other person, whoever you're talking to, is usually the one that like asks questions a lot of the time. Well, uh, right. You don't even have to drop extra bait. Like the bait's yeah. already got a bite. Yeah, when we used to, if you remember those things called airplanes, where they would pack us into these, you know, metal cans. <laughs> Haven't been on one of those in a long time. But when I did fly, I would, I would often just, just put that out, just introduce myself. Hey, where are you going? What, what do you do for a living? They're always going to ask me the same question back, right? And then I get to say I'm a pastor, and I didn't worry about it too much if the person just sort of grumbled as soon as I said that word and kind of went back into their into their magazine, I would just pray for them, right? And mm. engage them on other stuff, but the bait's out there. But every once in a while, you'd get somebody that would say, oh my goodness, I want to talk to you about something. And then off to the races you go. Mm. That's good. So you kind of alluded to it earlier uh, when you said some of the things that you do, that you intentionally do while you're preaching. Uh, but do you believe pastors should give a gospel presentation every time they preach every Sunday? And if so, what does that look like? Is there a formal time? I know you said that you make sure that you kind of summarize it in one or two sentences. Yeah, you absolutely should preach the gospel in every every sermon. Every pastor should in, in every sermon. Otherwise, it's not a Christian sermon, right? Mm. But that doesn't mean that you just tag tag the gospel onto the end. Um, there, there, if you're preaching the Bible— uh, and not the headlines and not, you know, your own thoughts for the week. If you're preaching the Bible, there will, by definition, always be a way uh, to move toward the gospel at some point in your exposition of that text. Um, sometimes it's, it's, like a, it's like a waterfall, right? It's, it, it is just a cataract of connection to Jesus. And so you, you ought to, uh, it, it, the gospel then becomes kind of the main thing that you're saying, in the sermon. There are other times though, when that's, that's just not really the case, right? And you, you end up using more kind of systematic uh, theology categories. And, and a lot of times the gospel that, that, that I will articulate in the sermon, uh, it'll have a natural connection to the text, but it'll be relatively brief. You know, it'll just be two, three, four sermon, uh, sentences in the sermon. But the main point of the sermon is going to kind of be on some other theological topic. Um, so it takes it takes different forms, and you'll you'll get at it from from different directions through different categories. But always, 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 you should preach the gospel, and you should never have a sermon uh, where somebody could could be present at your church and walk away not having heard how to be saved by Jesus. 
if, if, if there's a sermon like that, it's not a Christian sermon. Hmm. So that's how, is that how you would define gospel centered preaching? Uh, gospel centered preaching. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, that's not the phrase I use to, to describe what, what I do. It's just expositional preaching. And I think, you know, sort of a la Luke 24, by definition, expositional preaching is going to center on the gospel over time. It doesn't mean that every sermon says the same thing, right? It just means that, that every book of the Bible and every chapter of the Bible, the, the whole movement of the Bible is toward Jesus and his saving work. So I, I think if you're, if you're expositional and you do that right, uh, you're going to wind up preaching the gospel in every sermon. So next question, what would you say to pastors who are not incorporating the gospel into their conversations outside of church? Like they're, maybe it's because their, their schedules are just so full or whatever. What would you say to the guys that have become stagnant in how they incorporate or have those conversations with people outside of their church? You might even have some people, you know, if you were to ask, have you shared the gospel? Them saying, well, I preached on Sunday. What would you say to those pastors? Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a real temptation. Um, but, but I, I think I would say kind of the same thing we were talking about before is just don't let yourself get hamstrung by guilt. There are some really simple things that you can do to uh, let the Lord create opportunities for you to, to share the gospel. It doesn't have to be this big set piece conversation, right? You just, you just let it be known that you're a Christian. Let it be known that you're a pastor for goodness sake. Uh, and people will, people will want to talk to you about that. People want to ask you questions. And once you're through that door, you know, with a person, you've got a lot of options at that point. If there really seems to be, if there seems to be hostility, you can sort of, you know, fire some answers back, but, but there's, there's often not a lot of point in pursuing that conversation. If there seems to be genuine spiritual interest though, uh, you know, you, you can set up a time to meet later to read a book. You know, I hear there's one called what is the gospel that can be super useful <laughs> in uh, things like that. You just have a lot of options uh, once yeah. you've gone through that door. So I would just say, lower the pressure on yourself. Let people know you're a pastor in your normal conversation. When somebody asks you what you did this weekend, don't talk about the football game, talk about your church, you know, that kind of thing and, and see what happens. So as you know, this year has been incredibly difficult. Uh, we're still, we're, we're, we're now approaching the one year mark uh, since the pandemic originally shut down our country. There are still many churches that aren't gathering together uh, in person. Uh, and once we get through the season of COVID, uh, it's probably safe to assume people are going to be somewhat hesitant uh, to return to any sense of normal. Uh, there might be fears about getting close to people again or uh, being around larger crowds. Uh, and, and even outside the pandemic, you know, we're coming out of a very divisive election season. There's still a lot of tension around that. Uh, with all of these challenges and, and all of these potential obstacles, how can pastors encourage their members to not get distracted from fulfilling the Great Commission? How can we prevent ourselves from becoming stagnant in fulfilling the Great Commission, despite these, these challenges that we're facing right now with division and pandemic? Uh, how can we do that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think the Lord's given us a lot of means of grace uh, in the church. So uh, 
the preaching of his word week in and week out is, is, is going to do its work, right? God gives, gives life and lights fires in people's hearts through the preaching of the word. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a pastor, uh, you just need to embrace how important that is to people and, and keep doing that faithfully and, uh, let the Lord work. You know, I think as a pastor, part of our, part of our job too, is leading the church to, uh, to understand that it does in fact have a mission in the world and that that mission has, has weathered a whole lot of challenges over the last 2000 years. You know, there have been worse pandemics than this one. There have been, there have been wars and there have been all kinds of things. Uh, uh, but the mission goes on. And so I think, uh, uh, the main sort of forward leaner in the entire church needs to be the pastor saying, look, you know, there are precautions that we've had to take. There are the things that we will have to do in the future, but we lean forward into the, into the mission that God's given us. So, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I, and then I think all the other means of grace are super important too: fellowship with believers, prayer, reading of the scriptures, all of those things are what God uses to, uh, to kind of give you the, give you what you need, give you the energy and the life that you need to do that kind of leaning forward. No, I agree. So last question. Uh, we have, what is the gospel that you've written? We have, who is Jesus that you've written? Are there any other question titled books that we might be getting from you in the future? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. There's also uh, why trust the Bible that's in the same little series. Oh yeah. yeah. In the same series. So, yeah. Uh, there's that. One. You know, we kick that around some, and I don't know, I'm actually working on a tiny little booklet for nine marks right now called can women be pastors. So that's a, uh, that, that's another question. I don't know why I get all these question titles, but it's <laughs> just, that's just how things work out. So that one, hey, that, that's like a little, 6,000 word booklet. It's not much, but that'll be coming out in the next six months or so, I think. Well, you're definitely good at uh, answering the questions. I'll say that much. And <laughs> I want to encourage any pastors listening to this right now, if you don't have a copy of what is the gospel, consider purchasing multiple copies for yourself, but also for your church members and training them uh, so that they have an understanding of what this is and that they can, uh, that they can go that they can uh, share the gospel and fulfill the Great Commission. Brother, thank you again for having this conversation and just for sharing your wisdom on this topic. Yeah, you're welcome. It's really good to, to talk with you and, and get to know you a little bit, even over a podcast. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. It is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors, and I hope we've done that today in our conversation.